I do that too sometimes. Now. You do. You are your father's on. son. <laughs> hey guys, welcome. To Voyage to First Vintage. We are your hosts. If you're new to this podcast, or you can't tell our voices apart yet. I'm James. And I'm Danielle. Which one's which? Voices are so similar. They're so similar. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week, we've got an interview with Scott Neal of Cordeter mm-hmm. Winery outside of McMinnville, Oregon. Yeah. Um, he was a great uh, resource for... All things wine. Yeah. He was a great resource for all things wine. Yeah. And vineyard related and... Not necessarily cost cutting or cost savings, but ideas, maybe tips and tricks for mm-hmm. us going forward to kind of look outside of normal avenues for purchasing equipment or doing things to save some money and make it possible for us to do as much as we can ourselves. Yeah. So we we had a great time talking to him and we learned a lot. Oh gosh, yeah. And I hope you guys too, you guys too, you guys do too. So we can jump in um, at the beginning of us talking to him. Still a little bit of us figuring out our equipment and interviewing and all that. So hopefully you guys like this as much as we do. Yeah. Enjoy. Well, we didn't start with any money. (laughs) So none. I mean, we we had none. So. That's insane. Yeah. And. So, so what did you do? Because, you know, looking Are we starting? At... Yeah. 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 We, we, Sorry. We, 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 hit, we, hit, we, we hit record. That's fine. That's all right. Yeah. I just want to make sure that I'm yeah. not going to say something. <laughs> we can Sorry. cut it. Any, <laughs> anything you don't want people to hear, we can cut it out. Yep. All right. Okay. <laughs> we will edit all right. it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Right. We should have told you that we were there. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the question? I'm sorry. So what did you do? Like, how did you start with, you know, coming from no amount of money to this amazing property that i'm sure well so so i grew up on a farm in minnesota um and like i said we grew corn and beans and so Mm -hmm. so the farming piece of it is quite frankly very similar yeah Yeah. um it's working the land Mm -hmm. you know certainly Mm -hmm. frank frankly growing grapes is harder than growing row crops like it is in in minnesota um just because you know it's so mechanized and Mm -hmm. you know large scale this Mm -hmm. is very small scale very hands-on driven Mm-hmm. So, but but I think that kind of background is one that leads to making do, figuring yeah. out how to do it. Um, yeah. You know, there's two kind of I think ways to get into the wine industry. It's have a bunch of money and you know spend it to build these these amazing places, which is is great. I have no problem with that. Yeah. And then um, we didn't have that 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 uh, um, luxury, so um, we kind of did it ourselves. We did it by um, being creative, um, making things work. Yeah. So, um, the first thing that we probably did that made a big difference was, um, I remember I bought our first Fernell's block or we bought our first, um, vines mm-hmm. from Duarte and you know, they're four bucks a plant and you know, I, it's I, expensive. it is expensive. And yeah. I was doing the math. We're planting fairly high density, you know, 1500 or so acre vines per acre. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, you know, we want to have 40 acres. We want to do all this. I'm like doing the math. I'm like, Holy cow. Yeah. That's, uh, you know what? Fifteen. That's sixty thousand vines. That's, yeah. that's a quarter million dollars yeah. of, a of plant material. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a friend, actually Susie Gagne, 
who uh, said, you can, I can show you how to graft your own vines. Got it. That's I'm like, amazing. I'm like, yeah. oh, that, yeah, my, that was the first, my first thing was like, oh, that's like voodoo, isn't it? You know, you have to be like a shaman or something <laughs> yeah. to make that happen. Because people always talk about grafting like it's just some crazy, you know, yeah. super skilled thing. Um, and uh, she showed me how to do it. There's this one machine called a, uh, an Omega Grafter from, okay. uh, from Germany. And it's a kind of, it cuts an omega graft or a cut on the rootstock, and then mm -hmm. it cuts a female omega and uh -huh. assembles the plant all in one fell swoop. Wow. And it's this amazing German piece of equipment. We bought that. So the rest of our plantings are all from us. Wow. You saw a little greenhouse yeah. maybe as yeah. you came in. Mm -hmm. We planted and done probably, I don't know, 60,000 vines wow. out of that greenhouse. Oh um, and incredible. we're doing them for about 79 cents a piece. Wow. That's amazing so you know that's three bucks or so mm -hmm. yeah that's a lot so that yeah. was just kind of one issue um our our uh destemmer i bought from newton vineyard in california mm -hmm. they were they had a new winemaker and were getting rid of it mm -hmm. i bought it for i don't know two thousand dollars or something wow. um, yeah. and it's a beast it's an old mm -hmm. amos but it's awesome uh, our sorting line is from a, a guy i knew who Took it out of an old Frito Lay chip plant. And we oh uh, repurposed it for this. That's awesome. Uh, and it was a thousand dollars. I remember. Right. You know, so at yeah. Crush Line's seventy-five thousand dollars or something. Right. Yeah. We were significantly less than that. Yeah. Uh, we, That's when smart. we built this building, we general contracted ourselves, designed it ourselves. Okay. Um, I brought in people and we did it. You know, it was just kind of that bootstrap. And frankly, we planted mm -hmm. all these vines. We. Yeah. Um, it's sweat equity, I guess. Yeah, that's um, exactly how we're gonna have to do it too. Yep. I think. Yep. You know, <laughs> there's no no pile of money sitting there for us. No. Yeah. You know, so Grab. so the, the the good thing about it is when you look back after if you, if you just keep plugging at it for 20 years, mm -hmm. you know, it builds up. Yeah. Um, it can be frustrating. You know, mm -hmm. it can be hard when you see somebody come in and suddenly they've got 50 acres and a grand winery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you're like, oh man, it's taken me 20 years to get here, but you know, it's truly yours. Right. You know, it's it That's wasn't just want. writing a check. It was. Right. Mm -hmm. It was yours, but it takes effort, takes time. Um, this is a tough business. You know, it's um, a lot of fixed costs, a lot of stuff that you dump into the ground, mm -hmm. um, and. You know, you sit on the wine for a long time before you sell it. Yeah. But uh, so you got to be really committed to what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Um, but the the benefit is we get to live here. Yeah. And, and um, so do you live like we, li we live? Yeah. Just so we lived down at the little okay. house down at the bottom of the hill for many years. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, and my dad lives there, and uh -huh. um, we were able to build a house up at the top of the hill. So was that house already here when you bought the property? It was. Then? Okay. Yep. So. Yep. And did you build this entire tasting room here? Yeah, there was nothing on the land. Okay. I mean, it was um, it was owned by a, a, a dentist actually right across. They split the property, um, okay. and um, there was nothing. It never been farmed. Wow. Um, so, which, which appealed to us because mm -hmm. we wanted to be organic. We wanted to be you know pretty low impact or hopefully right. positive impact. Yeah. And um, it just kind of left this blank slate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which was good because we weren't dealing with, we can make our own mistakes that we had to live with, right? right versus other people's. <laughs> yeah. um, the negative is it takes a long time. Yeah. Um, but that was actually a positive for us because I never made wine before I came here and never mm -hmm. grew any grapes. So, you know, the growing part's kind of farming. So we figured that out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it takes four years to get fruit. So it gave me four years to kind of work with figure folks and people yeah. helping me and uh, yeah. So, Great. and so I read online that 
uh, you guys did a lot of soil testing yeah. before you mm-hmm. chose this spot particularly. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't know about a lot, oh, okay. but, but we did some. <laughs> yeah. We did some. So um, what exactly were you looking for um, yeah, in so, the soil? So we were looking for, um, you know, so we didn't really even know what we didn't know to yeah. a great extent at that yeah. point. Um, so what we what we knew was that, you know, the kind of the general buzzwords, Willa Kinsey soil or Jory gotcha. soil, you know, these yeah. kind of major soil, soil series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that we needed a south-facing slope. We knew kind of elevations that we kind of needed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so this met those criteria. We, we saw this place. We literally got lost driving down that road, saw a for sale sign at the bottom of the hill. That's amazing. Called the realtor and she said, yeah, go walk the land. And we did. And went to Yanhill County Soils Department and pulled the old soil maps and yeah. it showed Willa Kenzie, which it's not. Um, okay. um, and it showed some Yanhill series soils up on the top, which is volcanic. So it had both yeah. sedimentary and volcanic soils, which I thought was pretty cool. And you know, as we learn more about this property, it's unbelievable. The diversity of soil in the mm-hmm. coast range is yeah. really, really amazing. Um, and so we basically made an offer contingent on soil testing that okay. first weekend we came here. Oh, wow. Um, and we had Kevin Chambers, um, who was Oregon Vineyard Supply, which mm-hmm. originally yeah. was Results Partners. Yeah. So right. Kevin Chambers started Results Partners. Yeah. Um, and he now has Kusa Farms. Um, he had okay. Resonance Vineyard, which yeah. is, was bought by yep. Shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing guy. Been around forever. He came and dug soil pits and. Okay. He told us, he said, if you don't buy it, I will. So, <laughs> so, so that, was, good, uh, that so, was your indicator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Kevin's a great guy, still in touch. He's, he's now the president of Oregon Wine Growers Association okay. and, cool. and OWB, and he's an amazing guy. Yeah. So you said that, sorry, I remember that you, you said you had no experience in winemaking before you got into this business. Correct. So did you, what did you do to like hone your skills a little bit? Uh, well, I, so I found people's wines that I liked, and I went and helped them for free. Okay. That's with, with the exchange of, you know, if I had a stupid question, I hope you answer it. <laughs> so, I um, love that, yeah. yeah so, so I think it, it really fits kind of that Oregon idea of that, you know, we kind of work together. Yeah. And I found some people who were very, very willing to help and mm-hmm. um, share their knowledge. And that's persisted to this day, mm-hmm. that awesome. we continue to, to do that and hopefully get better. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. So how much of your time do you think that you put into, like, volunteering um, with mm. those wineries? Uh, then, uh, mm-hmm. like back when yeah. originally, yeah. so it was mainly during crush, okay. you know, yeah. so, um, cause that's when they really needed the help. Yeah. yeah. The rest of the stuff was pre- pretty straightforward. Okay. Um, and frankly, winemaking is pretty straightforward. We're, we're pretty minimalist. So, um, the, the my big, biggest feeling is you make the wine in the, in the vineyard. Yeah. And I try not to screw it up, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. that I'm, I'm really, the more hand I put on it, the less I think it is, um, special yeah. it becomes, it becomes yeah, yeah it's got to be site driven pinot noir is all about site mm-hmm. you know i i can't speak of other varietals i'm sure you know like chardonnay is more of a made made wine yeah. But, yeah. but pinot noir is all about place mm-hmm. so that's really what we try to do yeah and do you do any kind of like uh wine testing for um like sulfates and any of that like in-house yeah we do everything in-house okay uh, almost everything in fact i worked with Corey. one of the things about that mm-hmm. um, yeah. so we have a a, a spectrophotometer um, okay. and we do most of the stuff with you know enzymatic uh, photometry and I use core as kind of a QA QC yep. mm-hmm. um, so I'll you know run something to make sure my numbers look reasonable but yeah. we do basically everything oh and then I've got some, some a titrator from Hannah which does um, um, nitrogen so the uh, NOPAs okay. 
for us during Crush. So every fermenter we do uh, Malik, we do um, the standard, you know, PHTA, mm -hmm. uh, Bricks, mm -hmm. uh, all the NOPAs for them. Uh, and then all of our MLs we do spec wise. Uh, I've got my 17 year old daughter can do a lot of that. We have That's a free awesome. SO2 meter too, one of those titrators from Hannah too, uh -huh. okay. to measure free and total SO2s. Awesome. So we try to do as much of that in house again, the same thing is, um, Lab work gets expensive. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. <laughs> so the yes. more that we can do in house, the better. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I always say I've got the Scottish background, and I'm just cheap. Um, so, <laughs> no, so like like that. this yeah. Hannah titrator. It's a formal titrator, mm -hmm. and they'll sell you those reagent kits. And I looked at it, it's just thirty six percent formaldehyde. Yeah. Which yeah. I can buy in gallons for like you know a tenth of what they sell to me for. I'm like, <laughs> so this is great. That's so, awesome. Man. So you know, there's there's just ways to get there's ways to be clever. I think to be, you know, yeah. to, to save money. Um, right. We still do stuff ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I sell, I make the wine. I don't pay people. We farm the vineyard yeah we have yeah. we have obviously have vineyard folks but mm -hmm. uh, we don't pay a company to do it yeah we do yeah. it ourselves, and That's those amazing. are all things that you know if you go out and you know have a vineyard management company and have a contract winemaker and mm -hmm. um buy grapes or whatever i mean it gets super expensive to yeah. make wine real quick so yeah. um i don't think it's viable to me the smartest thing we did is we bought land having land is is something that can't change you know the mm -hmm. problem is when you're when you're buying contract grapes you're a little bit um not in control of your destiny yeah, yeah. Um, things can change and things can change massively year to year yeah. yeah right i mean you know people are coming in and buying stuff mm -hmm. you know the guys you know the guys have had premier partners they developed all these properties and yeah. um you know i don't know 10 year whatever it was mm -hmm. so it seems like it was just yesterday but i'm sure it wasn't um a lot of people were, were designating those vineyards and they lost that yeah. contract mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, so we're very happy that that's when we get to control how we grow our grapes what we do um, To me, you know if I buy grapes um, And make wine off of it because we we have and we do mm -hmm. It never quite feels like my wine Okay. Cause, yeah, because I didn't grow the grapes and it's really involved kind of in the back half. It's like it's like it's like at the very back end of yeah. it, right? It's the last month of a whole year process basically yeah. right. So. Yeah, don't get to put your special touch on yeah, yeah, yeah those yeah um so to go back to the testing and stuff uh -huh. even with the cost of the equipment you're able to save money on testing over the long run so there's a couple things it's first of all i like doing stuff myself yeah um i like to learn it i mm -hmm. like to know how to do it um so there's a little bit of that probably so i don't i don't i'm not super crazy about low let's run these spreadsheets of how much it's going to cost me okay. yeah i i love the fact of <laughs> what he does all the time yeah yeah she balances me out yeah i i like to just like you know, learn it yeah it's like i did chemistry i liked chemistry in college so i'm like mm -hmm. hey let's just Why get not? a spec man yeah. and it'll be cool i think it does save money okay. um you know so so it certainly saved money when the previous company decor was here because okay. they were very expensive yeah and they would do um it was kind of like a per line item you get charged where Corey does more of a a, a basket test yeah and it's yeah. cheaper yeah. that it's he all groups it's, things together yeah, but, yeah. Mm -hmm. and that's better kind of layers not necessarily per individual yeah. Right. yeah um you know there's still some things if i needed some like scorpion tests or some sort of like you know stuff that needed really deep dives into stuff i have to go to somebody else okay. um, this might be a stupid question yeah. but what is a scorpion test? so they're, they're doing i don't know exactly how they do it. they no that's for like doing for like britannomyces and stuff like okay. that and things that you're really there there are some tests that you can do for kind of a 
um, more of a, a order of magnitude test that doesn't give you actual numbers, but they can t mm. they can test for 4EP, 4EG, all these different kinds of things, and where okay. the if you're having some sort of microbial issue, exactly okay. what it is. Yeah. So that's if you're like I think it's probably a gas spec that's doing it. You know, yeah. some higher end stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And have you ever had any microbial issues in your wine? Everybody has had microbial yeah. issues. <laughs> and I'm sure is is there always like some kind of chemical you can add to the wine to counteract that, or, or is it not always? Or so okay. a path of action you can take. Yeah, yeah there's always a, a path of action. So, so, so the key is preventative is 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 the the best thing you can do. So, okay. as far as Brett goes. Um, there is no way to stop Brett. There's only a way to manage it. Okay. Brett, Brettanomyces is everywhere. It's, yeah. it's just, it's in our environment. Mm -hmm. It's in our barrels. It's in the walls of the winery. Yeah. So um, there's ways to manage it. There's a couple things we've done. Um, so the best thing we do, I think, so when we ferment our red wines, <clears throat> we actually try to push it through ML. So we try to get malolactic done quickly, mm -hmm. keep them warm. Um, and so we can sulfur it earlier yeah. mm -hmm. and then um, get it into the barrel room cold. So, you know, Britannomyces needs oxygen and it needs warmth mm -hmm. to, to grow. It needs alcohol too, because that's the, that's the problem with bread is it can actually metabolize alcohol. So, oh, okay. so it's not like yeast where once the sugar's gone, you're fine. Right. Yeah. It's there at all times. Okay. So it is an aerobic uh, reaction, so you have to have air. So mm -hmm. once you can get it into the barrel room, you can keep it below, you know, in the 50s and topped up on the barrels, you've greatly reduced your capacity to grow Britannomyces. Okay. And then we cross fill filter everything. Okay. Um, yeah. Which I'm a big believer in. Yeah. Used to not be, we used to not filter. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's, it actually um, is very gentle to the wine and it, it makes it much more stable long term. Yeah. So I'm going to switch topics a little bit here. Mm -hmm. You've been here since 1998. Mm -hmm. And so what kind of changes? I mean, like, I feel like you've seen so many changes <laughs> in the wine industry, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, one change is when you go out and talk about Oregon wine, they know what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fair, yeah. When you say Willamette Valley, they're excited yeah. versus like Willamette. Well, you know, so like, where's Oregon again? Remind me. Mm -hmm. um, so that's certainly the biggest change. Uh, awesome. Our wines are better. Um, Oregon wines are better than when we were here. Mm -hmm. So that the yeah. consistent quality now is, I mean, light, light speed ahead of, yeah. of what it was when we got here. You know, when we got here, there were the, the gems and then there were some that had some issues. Um, right. yeah. Now it's like, man, you can't make do anything but make good wine because mm -hmm. there's too much good wine out there. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. We, mm -hmm. and, and we all, and it's not like it's, again, that special sauce. We're all working together to, to, to make that happen. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's really cool. That's so, awesome. so I'd say that's the biggest thing is just kind of the perception of Oregon wine. Yeah. Um, I think we're better growers. I think we, mm -hmm. uh, we've tended to that. I think people are absolutely moving to um, sustainability mm -hmm. much yeah. more, whatever that means. It's a real I think generic term that I means think it varies person to person. Yeah. Everybody's got their own idea of what sustainable is. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. And I think regenerative our agriculture is kind of the is really coming into play. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's going to be probably more important. I actually think that means something more than sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd say a continuing issue into that. Yeah. And have you seen just like tons and tons of wineries pop up since you guys yeah. have been here. Yeah, it's funny, you know, when we first got here, it's like, you know, who's Cordeterre? What's that? And now I do that. It's like, what? who are those people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so, so many. So there are so many, um, you know, and it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I think it's good. It, it continues to drive. I mean, you know, there's, I don't always get what the newer places are doing, yeah. but I don't have to either. Right. Um, you know, with the different varietals and um, the more whatever natural winemaking is, yeah. all that kind of stuff. That's not my gig. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. But I think it's great. It continues that kind of discussion. Yeah. yeah. It keeps something fresh out there for yeah. everybody. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Keeps the, the area moving forward. Yeah. And you're still doing you know, being true to yourself and true to your, what you've built here. And yeah. so I think that's really important. And if things are working here, then why change them in my yeah. opinion? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, to me, I think it's, it's a, there's, it's an evolution, not revolution. Mm -hmm. uh, we continue to get better. Uh, we can, we can continue to get better. There's no doubt about it. So there's mm -hmm. not like, boy, we just know what we got yeah. going. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think the more, you know, the less, you know, to, to some extent, yeah. um, but I, I do know that less is more typically in everything we do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the less we can do in the vineyard um, from a tractor passes or whatever, um, yeah. the less we can do in the winery, mm -hmm. the better, the more that we can create an environment of, that's conducive to, to quality and to things doing well on their own, the better that is. Awesome. So. Uh, going off that, as an organic farmer, what's, what do you think is the biggest challenge for you in this region under vine yeah. weed management okay by far oh, the really? hardest thing yeah. to do have any um in row cultivators we do we have okay. a brawn in row cultivator okay. um and it works great yeah. uh it's a beautiful german piece of equipment built like germans do you yeah. know these wonderful pieces of thing the, the hard part is <clears throat> in the spring when the yeah. when the vineyard floor is wet mm -hmm. um you've got this blade you're trying to you know, cut in, and, and yeah. the, before you can get in, because you've got this trade-off, right? You're going to drive on wet soil, so you're going to compact it. Yeah. So there's a negative there. And, and that's why I say is there's this kind of perception, I'm going to digress just a little, of, boy, mm -hmm. organic good, you know, non-organic, or some other way bad, right? Yeah. And I don't believe that. I believe everything is a, a varying degree. Yeah. Right? Because we are organic, but that means we're spraying more often, probably. Yeah. We are passing through the vineyard more often. Mm -hmm. All of that hurts our soil. Yeah. You know, when I drive over the soil, I'm killing the food web. I'm killing the, all that stuff underneath as I'm compacting that soil. Yeah. Right. So we yeah. have to be very cognizant of what we do on that. Mm -hmm. um, in the spring, we tend to get the weeds grow fast yeah. before we can get in with the grape hoe. So we end up this, you know, these weeds that are out of control and the grape hoe doesn't work very well yeah. with that. It just kind yeah. of binds up and creates just a big mess. Big chunks coming up and then yeah. you start taking vines out and yeah. it's just this terrible thing. Mm -hmm. So... We're trying to figure that out. Um, we're actually getting an undervine uh, mower okay. this year attachment, yeah. which is also a sucker, de-sucker, oh, nice. uh, automatic. Really nice. um, yeah. And it hooks, it's a device that hooks on the brawn. It's a brawn device. Okay. And it's got like these little like rubber kind of fingers that rotate. Yeah. And so it pulls, the, so it'll pull the, that, that big growth out. So our first pass yeah. won't be a blade. It'll be a mower, okay. I'm hoping. And it'll pull the grass down. Yeah. And it'll also do the first, suckering pass yeah. so we don't have to walk and do that that's so nice um, and then the blade should work okay after that yeah that's so awesome. that's the goal we we have a lot of similar problems in some of the vineyards i work in yeah where it's yeah it's too wet you can't get in there and then by the time you can you've got this yep you know foot and a half tall grass in there that you're trying to fight so we've ended up just having to like you know weed whack it yeah you know yeah. which is just an unbelievable amount of work yeah uh, or hand hoe and yeah you know things that are just are huge amounts of inputs to make that happen yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> that's the, the the biggest thing we've gone to a no-till so we try okay. not to till um yeah. anytime we can that's part of that regenerative mm -hmm. idea yeah that's uh, something i've been 
thinking about for our future. Yeah. Like, it's it's right. important. It's funny, you know, back in Minnesota, we used to till everything, man, if it wasn't like just without a weed and, you know, spray a bunch of chemicals, keep that yeah. baby looking. And now you go back and they don't till anymore. Yeah. You know, they, they drill the seeds through untilled soils because they found out they killed their soils. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, you're getting to a point where you, you had to do cover crops every other year because the soils were becoming so, so, mm-hmm. you know, right. deep. De- devigorized so yeah. um <clears throat> so we are trying to be 100 percent cover crop that's one reason okay. you'll see we have irrigation mm-hmm. um we have very yeah. thin topsoils here the okay. irrigation is originally put in because when we grafted our vines we planted them the first year in the vineyard mm-hmm. so we have to water them yeah. green growing but then we have irrigation mm-hmm. um and the negative to having a cover crop on thin soils is you don't have enough water in your soils mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so we do irrigate if needed um, depending on the year. Okay. Yeah. I, I always say everybody irrigates. Some just comes from the sky. Yeah. <laughs> right. Some has the ability to take it from a pond and mm-hmm. distribute it. Yeah. Um, and w- you know, it's, it, there's a lot of arguments on, you know, dry farming versus input of water. And it's really hard when you start making these blanket statements in general, mm-hmm. when you make a blanket statement, you're going to be wrong. Yeah. No matter There's what you be do. An outlier somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. like, if you've got four foot of topsoil that holds, you know, has clay and holds tons of water, yeah, probably don't need any watering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you've got 12 inches of topsoil that's kind of sandy clay loam that doesn't hold much water, and you have a cover crop, you may need water every yeah. now and then. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, so another idea that we've t- kind of toyed with with our future vineyard is doing uh, head trained vines. So what was your decision process like in choosing like a trellis? You're saying like a cordon or like a... Like we're a talking, uh, more like a goblet. So like like, like a California thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow, that's totally out of the box on Pinot Noir, <laughs> I can yeah, tell you that. that yeah. I think that would be if we were back in the foothills. Oh, okay. Yeah, so now I believe that for like Zimbabwe or something. Yeah, yeah um, Barbera, they seem to take yep. all of that. So I think here it would be too... Um, you get a lot of shading yeah and okay. you'd get some disease pressure i think mm-hmm. pretty bad and a lot of mildew yeah, mildew yeah. i'm sure yeah because yeah, you'd have the vines shading each other your spray yeah. program you'd be tough to spray mm-hmm. uh you'd almost need an electrostatic sprayer that could be over the top as well yeah. i would think okay um yeah i think i don't know anybody be, uh, but no go yeah. i do know some some folks you could talk to them like yeah. Yanhill valley they've got I, like head train so it's like they're up like high like this and they grow down yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh so that the Amhill Valley has a bunch of that. Really, I think okay. they probably have cut those over and yeah. turned them into VSPs. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's certainly easier. I, suspe- I assume it's a lot less input. Yeah. Because you know, that, we, yeah. that's the idea. Is if we are back in the foothills, it'll be at least starting up. It'll be less. It'll be less expensive. Yeah. Yeah, because we're making tons of passes with the VSP. Yeah. You know, to shoot training and. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, they don't just grow like that. No, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Oh, and then I did want to ask about uh, the name of your winery. Yeah. How you came up with that. Yeah, so um, originally I grew up on a farm called Lone Oak Farm in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and we were going to call it Lone Oak Estate. Mm-hmm. And okay. I'm a bit of a procrastinator, and I kept um, putting off the trademarking of it. Finally got around to my wife's bugging me. Yeah, we got to do this. Again. I'm like, okay, today's the day. Mm-hmm. And I go to do it, and it came through on the PTO website. And it said, Mandavi just trademarked Lono oh. three weeks ago. Jeez. Oh, no. So it was kind of good because I think that was about, that was kind of like maybe trying to put something on this property that wasn't it. That yeah. it was like trying to put in, you know, square 
peg round hole kind of thing. So we decided, really my wife did, um, that we were going to let the land name itself. Okay. One day we were going to walk the land and there'd be an epiphany and we we're going to name it, name ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, so we were walking along and down by the pond, I don't know if you can see that big rock back yeah. in the back corner, it was actually buried and it was a heart-shaped rock sitting okay. about this big protruding out of Lisa Sutton, like she collects heart-shaped rocks and yeah. she goes, look, it's heart-shaped rock, heart of the earth. We're putting our hearts into this place. And um, so I Googled heart of the earth and we're, we're, no, we're not French, we don't make French wines, but we mm -hmm. certainly are inspired by Bur Burgundy, a, a great Burgundy is what led me here. Yeah. Um, so uh, we try to be kind of in that old school mentality, I think. So okay. we, I Googled, you know, heart of the earth, what's the translation? It was court mm -hmm. de terre. And I'm like, oh, that sounds oh, really right. good. So and it has a nice ring to it. So that, yeah. It felt right. So that yeah. was the name. And actually at one point when they put the road in, um, so it was just about this big. I tried to dig it out with my little John Deere tractor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It kept getting bigger and bigger. I'm like, this isn't the heart of the earth. It is the earth. Yeah. It's attached to this core. Um, so we just left it and we're going to say, well, it'll just be this little thing here that we could go see. Yeah. And um, the guy was putting the road in, and Lisa told me, make sure Don doesn't touch our rock. That's our name. Yeah. I'm like, no problem. And I forgot to tell her. So at the end of the day, you know, it's 50 yards off of the, the road. I'm like, hey. He, he, Don calls me up. I'll never forget. I was up there, like in the top. He called me up. I remember the phone I was on, even. He's like, Scott, I, I got your road done, and that rock you tried to get out, I got it out for you. What do you want me to do? I'm like, I'm like, we're, I'm like visioning it's broken in a million yeah. pieces. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to find a piece that looks like a heart and we're sticking it back in the, in the earth and nobody's going to know. But I get down there and it's an eight foot tall heart shaped boulder yeah. sitting amazing. there. And what's cool is it's both basalt and it's crusted with sands with the um, silt stones. Okay. So it's got both yeah. soil types like on our vineyard. It's this heart shaped rock. And I was like, uh, that was that point. I was like, man, there's something this is, I'm not this lucky. Yeah. There's like this is there's a reason. There's like something else happening, and I'll just let it be. But um, yeah, so there it is. It's this really cool heart-shaped rock. That's really awesome. Yeah. That was one of the first things that we noticed when we drove in. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. So that's, that's the awesome. court of terror. Well, Scott, thank you so much for sitting down. With us yeah. No today. problem. Good luck, guys. You know, anything I can do to help, or you know. That, a lot of people helped me on when I was here, so that's one reason when you did this, I was happy to. Yeah, to so we do really, really yeah. appreciate it. We do. Yeah, and good luck. I mean, seriously. I mean, I, I think this is way better than California, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we but, might end up staying here. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, <laughs> we're we're in the very early stages. Yeah. Still what, what's out the ABA that's one. down where you're um, talking about? So there's two. There's. Um, the Fair Play ABA and the Elgato ABA, but Those it's all are new. part of the yeah. It's all part of the Sierra Foothills is yeah. the large region, huh. but they're the the subregions. Yeah, it's very small and growing. Yeah, so that's the so. interesting part is it's yeah. not really known. Right. Yeah. Um, you know that, and it's a little bit of a, like where we were at. I mean, I I don't know if we could do what we did today. Yeah. Um, yeah. We bought this place for two hundred seventy thousand mm -hmm. dollars, fifty that's acres in a house. Yeah. That's incredible. It's more than that now. Yeah, yeah so, it is. Yeah. And not that land sure. prices are crazy up here because they're actually fairly reasonable compared to a lot of places. Yeah. But back there, it's even, it's kind of lower, but you do have to hunt around a bit. There's yeah. not a lot available. Yeah, I suppose there's probably nuggets because you're in the foothills. Yeah. There's probably area, it's rugged, I assume. Yeah. Kind of like out here. I mean, that's yeah. what it is out here. There's, mm -hmm. It's not like Dundee where it's just, you know, the whole thing can be planted. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which yeah. actually we think is a real benefit because my neighbors can't grow grapes very well. The yeah. one that could, yeah. we, we actually bought our neighbor's property over there. 
Mm-hmm. So the only place you could really grow, we own. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's yeah. great to be organic, but if your neighbor's spraying crap, yeah. it doesn't exactly. stop at the fence line. Exactly. Yeah. And if they have like a mildew issue. Yeah, it's, it's coming your way. Yeah. yeah, there's no way to yeah. stop it. So yeah. we've got this real benefit. One of the things, our other goal, that kind of regenerative idea is um, we've got 192 acres. We're not going to plant more than half to grapes. Okay. Mm-hmm. The other half's going to be nature, natural, yeah. um, okay. because that creates, we think, a healthier environment, healthier yeah, place sure. to grow grapes. Yeah. Kind of it's a, definitely a more borders. diverse ecosystem, yep. for yeah. sure. Yep. Yeah, it's just actually, because we're just, I'm going through the organic certification process, and I was just thinking, mm-hmm. I, I'll bet you if we did the math, that we're probably, and because carbon sequestration, people are talking about a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I actually think we're net negative on carbon, I bet. That's here. awesome. If yeah. you factor all these trees, man, exactly, they're, yeah. they're fixing carbon. Yeah. And all of our cover crops. Yeah, the and, permanent cover, all that. Yep. All of that leads to a lot of CO2. We do, we have solar panels, so mm-hmm. that supposedly negates everything we use at the winery. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I was just thinking, it'd be great to do that calculation. I don't know if yeah. there's some yeah. website that does that, but. There must yeah, be. there must be. Or be, you know. some really smart person. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just, I'll I'll just make up a number. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Well, thank you again. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah good luck, guys. Good luck, you know. Thanks again to Scott for taking the time to sit down with us and talk to us and shed a light on um, all the little tips and tricks he had. Mm-hmm. You got anything else to add? <laughs> oh, just and staring thanks, at me. Sorry. Thanks to Melissa for taking care of us at the tasting room. She mm-hmm. was amazing. We talked. We probably sat we there sat for like. Her, at know, we least... were up there, interviewed around an hour or so, and then stayed at least another hour. Yeah. It was a really nice spot. Somewhere we would definitely suggest to go and check out if you're in the oh, area. Yeah. Um, Great views. And they're doggos. Yes. They have two dogs. Very friendly winery dogs. Mm-hmm. Vineyard dogs. Yeah. So I decided that we also need vineyard dogs. We got cats. Yeah, I guess. Just they let can them be vineyard run, cats. Wreak havoc. <laughs> so if you're looking for how to spell Cour de Terre, it's spelled C O E U R D E T E R R E, and they're at cdtvineyard.com. They're open every day, 11 to 5. Wow. Yeah. So, and they have a really cool uh, website. So, mm-hmm. if you're interested, go ahead and check out their page. They're out kind of by themselves, like you mentioned in the interview. So, it makes for a somewhat unique spot in the Willamette Valley. Yeah. There's a lot of these. Um, at least wineries that have a tasting room and their vineyard on one site, there's usually another vineyard that you can see um, adjacent to theirs or on the same ridge line or across the road. So them being out by themselves makes for it being a pretty unique spot. Yeah. And their wines were pretty darn good. Oh, gosh, yeah. There was one, I smelled it, and I swear it took me back to Maui. Yeah? So I bought two bottles of that. <laughs> what was that? Can you run back and grab it and tell us what it was? Yeah. It was a 2015 Pinot Gris. And it was amazing. They said that they just kind of stumbled across a case in their in their storage. Yeah, I think they um, thought they ran out of it. Yeah, they think I think they said they thought they had sold out of it, but then they found a few cases just kind of tucked away in a corner. Mm-hmm. So they were not necessarily re-releasing it, but they were available. 
Yeah. And they were really good. Oh, yeah. So we got a couple. Yeah. Not to tell you guys all our wine purchases, but, you know. It was good. Share some information. That's right. Go check them out. And, and with that, yeah. we can leave you guys. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Voyage at to first Voyage to First Vintage. vintage. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. On Twitter. At Voyage underscore first. Yep. We've got a Facebook page. <laughs> Just search for uh, Voyage to First Vintage on Facebook if you want to follow us that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a Patreon with... Finally, some patrons. Woohoo! Thank you. You know who you are. Yeah. Means a lot. Um, <laughs> just search patreon.com slash voyage to first vintage if you're so inclined. Yeah. Um, we've got not much up there now, but as we get a few patrons in, we'll start putting more and more stuff up there more regularly. Yeah. If you uh, like what you hear, there'll be little you wanna, bonuses. Give you, you guys. Wanna... Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you like what you hear and you want to keep things rolling over here well i feel like we'll probably do this anyway but. yeah but if you like what you hear and you want to show us how much you like it monetarily because you feel so inclined that's right and you want a few little bonuses and perks and things and a little input into mm-hmm. what we're doing um yeah. you can check it out see what level you'd like to be at mm-hmm. um and we'll hopefully hear from you soon that way Mm-hmm. if you're so inclined yeah and don't forget to rate review and subscribe yeah. it helps us out a lot it means a lot helps yeah. us get a little bit of traction going mm-hmm. we're doing better than when we started but there's a long way for us to go yeah i wanted to give a shout out to pierre from read between the wines podcast um he gave us some tips and tricks on how to improve our podcast and uh he has a really great podcast too so it was it was cool getting to to know somebody who's been where we are and has gone through this journey of starting their own podcast so um just being a part of this community has been really cool yeah yeah it's been great so far mm-hmm. we're enjoying ourselves um we're looking forward to doing this for quite a while yeah keeping you guys appraised we're still kind of finding our feet figuring out what works what you guys like so don't be afraid to let us know your opinions on a few things and we'll see you guys next week see you next week